Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Amateur Hour podcast, or welcome if it is your first time here. I am yours truly, Denise Kim, and it is so nice to be back with everyone. We had a bit of a happening this week, which I will get into later after we have our little drink of choice. Today, I'm going in with, I believe I did this last week too, but I have another iced Americano because I have been so so tired these days because I actually got COVID, which I dodged for literally years. And then I decided to get it now, which was kind of, um, which which is a word that I've learned recently, kind of beta of me. (laughs) I'm trying to get into this new like generation of um, words and things like that. They have words like that's very beta. I don't know. Like I'm trying to use them properly and trying to be hip and cool. But as a 21 year old who does not go on the internet, it's been kind of hard, not gonna lie. So we have a nice Americano here or just a black coffee for anyone else who's listening. And if you're not from South Korea, South Korea has like the grip that iced Americanos have on the Korean community is crazy. We have like a little short name for it too, which is AA as an ice Americano. So we call it a little AA, which I have here. I had that last week too, but I definitely need it more than ever now. So that's what I will be sipping on as well as a glass, a big jug of water to make sure my voice doesn't go out during this recording. The current updates for my life is that I had COVID. It was actually really funny because I had a situation where I wasn't really sure if I wanted to be involved in something. And then I pulled a not I wasn't lying where someone actually did come to me and told me like, hey, So one of the producers you worked with actually ended up having COVID. So you might have to get tested. And I was like, okay, cool, fine. And then I had the situation that I didn't really want to go somewhere. And so I said, oh, I'm not really sure, but I think I might have COVID. And then it turned out that I actually got COVID very severely. And and then I had COVID for a week. And now I'm better. I'm fully negative tested and just 
trying to get by, but apparently it has the effect where like the next two weeks, I'm just going to be very tired, which I have been exponentially and just taking naps. I also got a dog for anyone who doesn't know. Her name is Maple. She is right here with me and she is chewing on my sweater and she is three months old. She is a Yorkshire Terrier. She is teething, which means she is chewing on anything and everything she can get her little little teeth into, which have been a lot of my fingers. And I'm kind of afraid to say that she kind of has a foot fetish, but I think she's just trying to grapple onto anything that she can reach, which with her size, her being so small is right now toes. So um, if you ever come into my house, please be sure to wear socks or else you will be getting a lot of action from my dog, Maple. I actually wanted to name her um, Gigi originally from Kiki's Delivery Service. But when I got her, the name Mabel came to me, like M-A-B-E-L, like Mabel. And she looked like a Mabel. And then as I kept calling her Mabel, 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 Mabel came out and she looks like a maple leaf. So now her name is Mabel, like the syrup. So she has a lot of aunties and uncles that have been coming to visit her. And she has me. I'm a mother. I'm a mom and she has been pissing and pooping everywhere. She's not potty trained yet. I'm training her right now. It's been a little difficult, but honestly, very much worth it. I was lonely for a little while. Honestly, it was hard coming home to an empty house all the time. But now that I have her, I always also now I have an excuse to always whenever I go up, like, oh, I have to go home. I'm so sorry. I have to go take care of my dog. <laughs> so um, she's been really good in that way. She's been a great pup. She's just sleeping on my leg right now because she just loves being with her mom. I'm trying to train her to not be so dependent on me, though, so she doesn't get a separation anxiety. But I literally spent the whole week with her whenever since I had COVID. So I'm trying to get her to be less reliant on me. But it is a little difficult because she is just so stinking cute that I am just spending so much time with her snuggling her. So that's been what's going on in my life. I've been tired and working on so much music, but actually I've been um, struggling a little bit, which we'll get into later whenever we get into our honesty hour. But we have a very, very exciting guest today who actually is really crazy for me because I watched her on my screen when I was young, when I was like 14, 15. And it's so interesting that now I can come back and see where I am now and be able to have these people on my podcast or be able to talk to them or see them or meet them, which is kind of crazy to me, especially because of the fact that fast forward, I just would never have imagined being where I am now, considering all the things that have happened. But when I look back, I realize I did do a lot of stuff. We have an awesome guest today. A lot of you guys may know her from The Vampire Diaries. Her name is Candace King, and she has been on The Vampire Diaries. She's been on their show, The Originals, and also Legacies. So you guys probably know her from there. But I'm super excited to be able to chat with her about all the things that she's been up to, about a lot of the things that we have in common, maybe, and also just about her new projects that she has upcoming. So let us welcome in Miss Candace King. Welcome to the Amateur Hour podcast. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to meet you. It is so nice to meet you. It is low-key a dream come true right now. I think everyone who grew up in my era definitely had their Vampire Diaries moment, which is where I know a lot of my listeners will probably know you from. So I'm definitely having my little fangirl moment right now. It is 2 a.m. in Seoul and I am losing it inside. 14-year-old Denise is screaming. 
I know that she would just be she would not believe me right now if I said I was talking to you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, just to hear from your generation, because I keep being like, we're, we're of the same generation. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, I'm 35. I'm a grown up now. Oh I'm a God. whole other level of a grown up. So that's so bizarre. And also I'm pinching myself. Um, and so you're in Seoul right now then? Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Well, this is incredible that we're hanging out and talking. I also got to um, I went to Seoul a few years ago before the lockdown and it was my first time there and I loved it so much. I am so looking forward to the next time I can go. And I just wanted I got to stay for about a week the first time and I want to bring my kids and just be there for like a week, two weeks and like truly experience it because you can barely experience just even a blink of that city in a few days. And so um, I'm in awe of what you've been able to accomplish, <laughs> just getting to like, know about like the K-pop culture and just um, and how like that is a whole other level of uh, like a bit talent and charisma and ability no. to succeed within that. It's incredible. So I'm just like fangirling over you. Oh my gosh, no, thank you so much. You have to come back to Seoul. If I'm here, I'll definitely show you around. My dream. I like I loved it so much. I had an insane itinerary that I had created and did as much as I could, but it was it's just so beautiful. And especially like the old, like the old town, like the old part of the city. And then I didn't realize that there were just so many bridges. And it's like, you know, it's you cannot see the entire I was thinking it'd be like going to New York where you, you know, you can kind of do yeah, no, New York feels way smaller than Seoul. Like I could not fathom like just how big it was um, and just how cool, like, and just, I'd never been anywhere that had such a warmth of appreciation for their culture. Like, obviously you go to different countries and like you go to Paris and everyone's got the baguette and there's the Parisian thing and blah, blah, blah. But even at the airport in Seoul, there is, um, there was like a cultural center to just teach the history of like the Korean culture. And I just was, I was just so moved by not only how everywhere you go in the city, you're just kind of like hit with this incredible sense of fashion and identity and just uniqueness to just being um, in Seoul, but also just how like welcoming it was. You know, everyone was just so excited. And, and I, I never felt like, um, like I'd go to all these kind of tourist places and non-tourist places. And I never felt like, you know, an eye roll where I think sometimes you go to other countries and they're like, oh, dumb Americans traveling. And I just <laughs> didn't feel that. It was fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. And you have to come back. But you've been all the way across the world. But I heard that you actually had a start from the same place as me born and raised in Houston, Texas. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, my gosh. You guys heard it here first. We have Matt King, who's also born in Texas. But we have another H-Town <laughs> girl here, Miss Candace King. And I am so happy to hear that is absolutely crazy. Um, how, when did you actually, um, I guess, from how, what is it like for you, I guess, growing up in Houston? Well, I didn't grow up too long there. So my parents moved around a lot when I was little. I was born in Houston. My father's a surgeon. And so he was doing his, um, he was doing some more school, medical school there. And then I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia for a little bit and Memphis, Tennessee, until my parents settled in down in Florida in Orlando. And then that's where he's been and continued his practice for a really long time. So I was born in Houston, like my entire like first one, two years of my life is just all Houston. Um, but other than that, I, I more kind of grew up 
in Orlando, but then I actually even moved from Orlando when I was 16. So I, um, so I, I've just always been a very nomadic person. And even in adulthood, like I have no problem traveling constantly or, or if moving is not something that I'm like, Oh, no, how will I meet people in a new city? I'm like, yay, I get to go meet people in a new city. It's an exciting thing. Well, that's an amazing outlook to have. How did you actually um, begin, I guess, your big move to, I would say, like California or uh, one of the bigger cities? How was that transition like for you? I can tell that you were very excited from moving around so much. Yeah, it was fantastic. Well, also what's wild is just like the perfect, you know, crossroads of the timing in which, you know, you were coming up as a budding superstar. And then also the social media element of like, you can be someone who is known globally and also like be able to focus in somewhere else. Whereas before, like you look back in the day, you know, my favorite, I love like a music documentary. And my favorite one is like the Backstreet Boys documentary. If you have not seen it, it's so good. Also, we all need a Kevin in our life. Kevin's like the best. But but for them, they were young and they would go, they were like number one in Germany and then nowhere else. You know what I mean? Because that you just didn't have that global reach. So it is incredible that, you know, right now it's kind of like irrelevant where you end up because of like online and social media, you can be, you know, in control of your global, you know, destiny per se as an artist. But I actually started off in music. All that to say, looping back around. So I moved, what brought me to LA from Orlando was um, I had gotten a development deal. And for anyone that doesn't know what that is, it was back in the day when when the music company actually had money to throw around. <laughs> um, I was invited to come and uh, and record with a bunch of writers and producers. And basically, this company developed me and helped me find a sound, helped me create like a like an EP almost, and then assisted in shopping me to major labels. So I moved to LA doing that when I was uh, like, halfway through my junior year when I was 16. And then um, within a few months, I had a record deal and a publishing deal. And I just didn't go back. And that was it. That started everything. No, that's amazing because I remember whenever um, I did I did my research because I'm a good host and I wanted to look in more. I found your debut album, It's Always the Innocent Ones and everything <laughs> else. And you were so young whenever you came out with that. And I don't think a lot of people actually know that you started out with a music career before you dove into acting. So was music originally your passion and it kind of branched out into acting or how did that kind of work for you? Well, when I initially signed to the label that I was on, it was a very interesting shift in the in the industry. So this was also when like Apple Music came out, you know, everyone had their iPod, it was um, the streaming, like legal streaming was starting to become a thing. So the music business was starting to feel like the, the the, like the twist and like the fire was getting turned up to be like, hey, you got to make a shift in the way that you develop and market artists because labels were folding or, you know, folding into each other all over the place. And so um, I was on uh, Maverick Records and I um, was told they wanted me to be on TV. They wanted me to basically make a name for myself. 
And this was pre-Twitter. This is pre-Instagram. This was um, maybe even pre-Facebook. This was, yeah, this was MySpace days. And so I was doing my best to kind of create a MySpace profile, but also I was 16. I just turned 17. You know, it wasn't, it just was a different time. So they pitched me for a reality show. They wanted, they had me meet with MTV, but they thought I was boring. They were like, where's the drama? And I'm just like, I don't know. And, um, and so they, they wanted me, they wanted me to go out and find any way possible to get myself an Us Weekly was an idea pitched to me as a 17 year old, um, which is not great advice from a bunch of business suits. Um, But one of the other things that they wanted me to do was to start acting. They wanted me to get on One Tree Hill, which was a show back on the WB before it even turned into CW. And they did a great job breaking a lot of artists. I mean, this was when, um, you know, uh, Michelle Branch, who was on that show, there there were so many artists kind of popping into that show um, that was doing it was doing good things for their career. And so they had me audition. It was my like first big audition. I bombed it. <laughs> I didn't get it. Like <laughs> I'd never acted before. You know what I mean? And they're like, so they're like, great idea. Just go get yourself on a hit television series and then we'll put out your record. <laughs> um, no pressure. Yeah. And I, um, that didn't work. I eventually got an independent film funny enough. And I actually really loved going to work. All my friends at the time in LA were all teens on hit shows. Like they were there. I had a friend who worked on American Dreams. I had a friend who worked on Seventh Heaven. I had a friend like I had a friend who worked on um, Still Standing. It was like a half hour on CBS. And I would do my high school work with him on his set. And then I'd hang out with my other friends on their sets. So I was around set life, which I found just so wonderful. It was just this community where you got to go somewhere and create and everyone was happy and everyone was like eating snacks from crafty. And I was like, this is so cool. And the sets and it just made me feel like, like my version of Hollywood because I was never a movie buff, but TV is my thing. Like I grew up loving television. Television was my best friend. So being on these TV sets of shows that I watched, even as a fan, I just was like, this is the coolest thing. And by the time my music career started to kind of crumble, um, I was 18. My my label dropped me. And um, over the next couple of years, I would kind of realize like, I, you know, what did I, what do I enjoy? And I really loved being on sets. I loved filming that independent film. I loved when I would get little guest spots. So I, I went and took some, a bunch of acting classes and, um, and just ended up within a few years in the right room at the right time for the right role. That's amazing. I think um, it's very inspirational the way that you came from, because not only that, but during your music career, though, not to just say wasn't just a small music career, you guys. Like she toured with Miley Cyrus. Whenever well, that was as a backup singer. That was as a backup singer. <laughs> that is still the dream. 14-year-old me once again is screaming. It's, it's quite, she went on tour with Hannah Montana. Oh, she had I the best of all the world. 19. 19 with a fake ID on like a, a U.S. like 40. I think we were like 50-something city, 52-city tour. Um, Like, I mean, staying in incredible hotels, just, yeah, no, that was living the dream. I had a great time. That was, that was like the best year 
forever. And uh, where I basically just was like a college student, like, you know, getting my job, you know, my after, you know, school hours job was just like, singing on a stage in front of 17,000 people every night um, with zero pressure on my shoulders. You know what I mean? It is like there was zero pressure. It was fun. It was, you know, it was, you know, Miley was, uh, she had her 15th birthday on that tour. She was such a baby, baby, and still powerhouse behind the microphone. I mean, her voice is, it is, you know, I even at that age, I was like, oh, that's why she's on the front of the stage. And that's also why I can love music. I can love singing. And I think the pop star, you know, the dreams I had of pop stardom, I realized maybe those don't have to belong to me. And I can love and, ha- and be passionate about um, like my voice and my song ability and just have that be for me because I'd lost it. Like I, I completely lost it in my time as trying to pursue it as a professional career. And, um, and it was really sad. Like I hated it. Even, even today, I still don't, I'm very rarely, you will hear me sing. And they forced, they asked me to do it on the vampire diaries. And I was like, are we done now? Can we not do this anymore? Um, but I, but the, but touring as the, as her backup singer, I mean, that was also what kept me afloat. I would gotten dropped from the label. I did not have a backup plan for college. I never even took the SATs. I was Googling like, how do you go to college when you barely graduated high school and you have no SATs? And like, what what is courses you sign up for? And I need money. How can I go- Google help? Um, and uh, it was a producer who did my record while I was on Maverick. And he called me and he was like, hey, do you need a job? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, there's some girl at Disney who I just got the gig as her music director. And there's like a tour. Do you want to come do it? And I was like, sure. And um, I thought it was like a mall tour. I thought it was like, I'll just sing back up on a few of these little songs. I mean, I had no idea. And it was it was a blast. But I'm also a terrible backup singer. Like I, that was not in any way in which I was trained. So by the time that tour ended and like that whole run of like even the movie and, you know, all that came out, um, they were like, and you're done now. And I was like, yep, saw this coming (laughs) and goodbye. So do you think it was more the music industry that kind of made you decide that this route wasn't necessarily for you that made you pivot? Or what exactly do you think it was? Yeah, I think it was a combat, like a healthy combination of the kind of, stability and success that I had seen others have within the industry that I wanted, I didn't feel maybe that I actually had the chops to deliver that. You know what I mean? Like, I I was just like, Oh, I see. I see. Maybe that's not for me. And it wasn't fun anymore. And the unfortunately, the people not everyone, I had some really nice, good, good, supportive people around me at times. But a majority of the people I was surrounded with as a team, um, when I was, you know, making music, were not like supportive, good people for me, Mm -hmm. not good people as humans in the world, just in the way that I needed to be, you know, nurtured as an artist or whatever. It just did not work. Yeah. And you were so young. And I was a baby. I was very, very young. And um, I was really lucky that by the time I started acting, I had really good supportive people that also could be supported in a business way that 
lifted me up, you know, and encouraged me and also rose, met me at the level where I was at, because exactly what you keep saying, I was very young. And I think when people try to the worst thing, I think any adult and any sort of authoritative position can say to anyone younger than them is you're really mature for your age, Mm -hmm. for your age. I think that is the worst thing that can be told to someone because you, what, how is that a conflict? Well, you should be meeting them at their age. You shouldn't have a level of expectation of them to be, you know, handling situations as if they're an adult and then encourage them that they have to rise to that occasion. You should be meeting them where they're at and giving them the space to be that age and be at that point in their life. And so by the time I started acting, I felt like I, you know, I really got lucky with a few classes that I ended up in that had just, you know, really great instructors that weren't creepy or like self-serving to their own (laughs) neuroses or insecurities. And it was like a place where I got to play. And um, my representation, who I still have even to this day, um, one of them at least, like the people who I've met have been really great and and rooted for me and and met me at the point where I was. And, um, And honestly, I booked The Vampire Diaries when I was 21 years old. So I was still also very young. And, um, and that was just, I mean, happenstance of the, of the people that I was able to work with, even on that show, who I'm still really close with so many of them today, beyond the cast, but just even writers, creators, producers, um, who we, you know, we all kind of developed and grew together within that experience. I think that's super important. I think especially do you would you say that um, having a good group of people around you has been something that really um, made you kind of who you are and helped you get as far as you currently are in your career? 100%. 100%. I think um, I also... Yeah, I, I keep saying a lot lately and, and you know, the Vampire Diaries was it, it just also ended officially this year. You know, there was the originals came out and then legacies came out. And so the kind of the trilogy of, you know, the series came to a close earlier this year. And so I've had a lot more conversations that have been reflective over, you know, getting this dream job. And it felt honestly like winning the lottery because there is no rhyme or reason. You know, it's like that it just it it's just funny, I think, how those roles kind of find you as well. And but yes, it is important to have good people around you and not just in work, but also in in life. Like that's been another big adjustment to you know, having kids and being a working mom. And I, you can't, it's really difficult to try to do any of it on, on your own all the time. And you just hope that, you know, the love and support that you get directed towards your way that you are present enough to be able to remember to give it back when those situations arise. So 100%, I've been really lucky to to have supportive people along the way. We filmed The Vampire Diaries in Atlanta, Georgia, when nothing was filming there. There was Drop Dead Diva, which was a show on Lifetime. And then The Walking Dead had just started there as well, shortly after we begun. And, you know, I've heard from a lot of other actors and actresses that I've gotten to know over the years who filmed really big hit TV shows um, in New York or LA and who were also within their, like in their 20s and young and in reaching that kind of fame and success. And just how, you know, difficult it was to 
you know, feel like you had to keep up with the Joneses of the industry a little bit. And you, you know, red carpets one night and then filming the next day. And then this, you know, who's going to wear this outfit to what event? And we just never had that because we would all just be filming, you know, Monday through Friday. Fridays were usually Fridays, which is a long filming day. And you end at like 6 a.m. because you've been, you know, delayed all week. And then we'd all go like, where are we all hanging out tomorrow? What are we all doing this weekend? And not even just as a cast, but like as a crew as well. And we just had very normal lives. Like it still surprises me when I hear how many people have watched the show. Cause I'm like, oh, that's cool. It was just this cool, fun job I got to do. And every once in a while I went to a party with an open bar. But other than that, (laughs) I was just, I was just chilling in Atlanta, Georgia, having fun with friends. And um, so that, that level of normalcy, you know, coupled like on top of, you know, a show that was so uber successful at the time, I just don't think happens very often. And that's just chance, you know, I had no idea we were gonna film there. So it it, it has been interesting to be able to be surrounded with really um, grounded people. Also, we were surrounded by just a very grounded community in Atlanta. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That's really great. I think that it definitely plays into, from my experience as well in the industry, it's definitely the people that you surround yourself with. And sometimes, um, for lack of a better word, you don't always have choice in who you get to surround yourself with. So it's difficult because you kind of don't really get the chance to learn how to discern. But once you find a good group of people, you have trial and error, trial and error, or you just kind of come into situations and you get out of them, where you realize that once you have that group of people, you kind of realize this is how it's supposed to be. And it kind of clicks for you and you realize that, dude, I put up with so much BS before (laughs) that you didn't even realize was BS until you get out of it, Uh that it's something that you don't realize until you have yourself surrounded by a good supportive group of people that you kind of come to face, oh, this is actually nice. It's not supposed to be such a rivalry all the time. It's not supposed to be, oh, who's doing better in this? Who's doing better in what? It doesn't have to be that way. And you can all actually just see each other on a level of, oh, we're all friends and we're all just, we just happen to be working together and in the same field. It doesn't really matter at this point. And it's so important to have a supportive, good 
well level headed group of people around you, which I think really helps lift you up. Would you have anything, I guess, to say, um, being have been in the industry for so long as you have, do you have any advice for any, I guess, up and coming people in the industry? I guess that would also include me or um, just people in general trying to, for lack of better words, make it. I know I never have a good answer for this, but just to piggyback on what you were just saying. Uh, yes. And also when you realize that every person doesn't have to be your people, mm-hmm. like just because you have all found yourself within either the same job or the same neighborhood, you know what I mean? Like you don't, Definitely. it's kind of like, that's the perfect way. Just because you all live on the same street doesn't mean that like you have to be best friends with every single person in every house, but you can all like happily live on the same street together. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And, you know, that's been, I think, my favorite part about hitting this sweet spot in my 30s that I just was so behind in learning this lesson in my 20s of just really healthy boundaries. And that it's, it's okay, not every person has to be your people. And God knows that's that's what we've been talking about on this podcast. It's been crazy. And it's, it's, it really is. It doesn't mean, and again, it doesn't mean it has to be a battle. Like what you're saying, like we can all just show up and it's, and it's okay. And we can have respect for each other, but also having respect for other people. Like that starts with respecting yourself and learning your own healthy boundaries. And that is something that I 100% was missing um, in my early years in either industry was just, well, how can I be that for someone else? How can I be that, Mm. you know, how can I be enough for someone else without stopping and going, wait, what is enough for me? Like, let's start from that place. Like, what does that mean? And you know, maybe that could kind of tie into some sort of advice for anyone starting out. Like what, what, you know, there's this really wonderful organization I've worked with in LA and, um, it's, uh, it's called, this is about humanity. And, and they, every couple months, it used to be before the pandemic, it was every month you'd go down to Tijuana and, and go and help out with the shelters of, um, and just, it's a beautiful, beautiful experience. Um, check it out. This is about humanity. But one of my favorite things is um, on this bus trip, we'd all get to know each other, be a bus of like 30 people. And, and it always start with you had to introduce your name, like where you're from and what's your why. And Mm. that is stuck with me to this point, like, what is your why? And I think about that a lot, because that gets so lost in, um, in kind of like the journey into achievement and and goal setting. It's like, wait, but why? Why? Why do you want this? Why are you working towards this? You know, and, and so that's what I would say to anyone listening who is feeling a little bit lost in their direction and trying to achieve their goals is instead of looking at the destination, let's take a let's just take a pause and write out why you even want to go on that trip in the first place. Mm, I see. What would you say is then your why currently? I love I love storytelling. I love being on a set and creating something with a bunch of people who all show up for the same intention of um, believing in the magic of an industry that we've all like, you know, been enamored by on one hand. And on the other hand, who are just who just want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. I, 
I, I really do, you know, for me, like, I love television. I love it. I don't know what happens next in my career. I know, like, what goals I have, but they're very much centered on that. Um, you know, I think your why changes once you have kids a little bit, too. So it's like there's parallels to the why. And my other why is also to what can I, you know, it used to be, what can I do that's going to give me the career that I want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the career that that I've decided I want, because also this is what other people think is like a cool career in the industry. And um, that word cool is such bullshit, by the way. Like, <laughs> get rid of it. Can we just get rid of it? Yeah. Um, but my why now is what can I do? Like, I want to work with people who are happy to be at work, who bring joy to the workplace, who all want to be solution based in and also can just like want the best turnout of what we're all trying to make together, um, who want to do their best. And I want to be able to do that while also making sure that I have time and energy and space within my heart to give to my children, you know, not only to provide a roof over their head and food on their on their table, but um, but also to make sure that I have time to like intentional time that I can be with them because kids grow up really, really fast and, yeah. and I don't want to miss it all. And and that that will always be the struggle you know, and, and anyone who decides to move forward with wanting kids and be a working parent is you will never have it all, but you're just doing your best the whole way. But th- those have kind of become my new, my new whys um, when I go into approaching a job that I really want or a new creative de- endeavor that I really want. You know, like podcasting, like creating a Super Bloom podcast. My why is I genuinely love getting to sit down and have conversations with people I would have never met otherwise. Like my favorite thing in the whole world now that I'm traveling again, I forgot how much I love sitting in an airport bar, just like forcing the person next to me to tell (laughs) me their entire life story. Like it is my favorite thing in the whole world. Um, And if I can do that in some sort of podcast form, like, that's fantastic. And if I can do that from home and still be able to take my kids to school in the morning and pick them up, you know, in the afternoon, like that, that though, there we go. There's the answer to all my whys within that. Exactly. I think actually what I was going to say off of you saying that you um, love storytelling and things like that is that I want to talk about Superbloom and what made you want to start it, actually, which you kind of gave us the answer for already. But tell us more about Superbloom and what it is. I mean, for here, us here on Amateur Hour, it's just kind of very much me saying, hi, I'm 20 something. Um, Our tagline here is we don't have it all figured out, but we can certainly try. You're trying to navigate life. So am I. Uh, Let's try this together kind of thing. We're just taking a jab at it. So um, I think it's so interesting finding other fellow people who do podcasts and hearing them and their side and what they want to talk to people about and hear about them because I feel that it's so interesting the way that everyone has a story. So um, what would you say you want to delve into a lot in uh, Superbloom? Well, I you know, every podcast needs a name. And I knew that I wanted to, um, I moved, I live in Nashville, Tennessee currently. And so I knew I needed to, um, you know, figure out a way to be able to podcast, have my kids, like, you know, and I knew I needed a new name. I'd learned the definition of a super bloom. 
and fell in love with it. And so do, do you know what a super bloom is? I don't actually. Okay. Please enlighten us. <laughs> so a super bloom is a botanical phenomenon, um, but it, it is. It only happens in desert landscapes. So in the desert, yeah, in the desert, it has to rain. And yes. not like a sprinkle. It has to like rain an obscene amount of water down into the desert soil so that the the water goes all the way deep, 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 deep down into what they call the soil matrix. And it finds the seeds and it nurtures the seeds and it wakes the seeds up and then the seeds can get stronger and they grow and they grow and they grow. And it just all of a sudden springtime comes around and out of nowhere, an entire desert is just filled with a super bloom of flowers. And it can't happen without a torrential like downpour of heavy rain. And so I, and, and they actually typically happen every 10 years. They're not that common. And I just, I've had, you know, a tough, I think one universally relatable thing we can all say as, you know, is that we've all had a really tough couple of freaking years, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> we've all felt oh, yeah. moments, if not seasons of just really heavy rain. And what I know to be true is that there is the calm after the storm. Like when you've gone through enough, you know that that's inevitable. Like there will be relief. There will be peace. There will be a super bloom. So I wanted to sit down with other people and ask them who've already, you know, been standing in the light that they found at the end of their tunnel and to reflect on how and why that rainy season in life impacted them in a in a beautiful way that was the rain that nurtured them while they were buried in the soil matrix and that encouraged them um, and actually gave them the strength to burst through the soil and super bloom into the best version of themselves. So that's just the light pitch of what I've been trying to that do. That is very much more put together than amateur hours was. No. I'll give you that. <laughs> but that is so beautiful. Like, I never knew what a super bloom was. I didn't know that happened. And in the desert of all places, that's something as beautiful as that. Nature is beautiful, guys. Go out and touch some yes. grass. I'm not joking. But yes. and, and what's funny is the super bloom, I actually got to see the poppy super bloom in California. It was in 2020. And, um, and I, I wanted, I, I want to think I, I had like also just found out that I was pregnant with my second and I had my four-year-old, um, we were homeschooling her because of the pandemic and she's asthmatic and it was all very scary. And I think kids just weren't even going back to even thinking about going back to school. It would have been like March or, or April of 2020. And, um, I just needed to get out of the house. So I grabbed our masks and put my four-year-old in the car and we drove way out into where the California super bloom was. And, um, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I mean, all the influencers crushed it by going and taking photos out there, but I got to see it before that happened. Um, but it really is, um, a beautiful sight to be seen. And so it really, yeah, the second I saw the word super bloom and just really kind of leaned in, I was like, yeah, that's what we all, we all just need to, we all just need a little super bloom. We all just need to feel that. 
Well, I think that we can all agree here on the Amateur Hour podcast that you, Candice King, are in your Super Bloom era, absolutely glowing. It's amazing all the things that you're doing. And I think it's super, super admirable the way that you've come, the road that you've paved for yourself, and that you alone are definitely an inspiration to many, including me. Thank you. Thank you. And say, like, you're, you're doing it. You got this. You got this. This isn't no amateur hour. You are way past amateur. I'm I'm very excited for you. Thank you so much. Well, please let the people know anything that you're doing currently and any projects you have coming up, including Super Bloom or anything that we can watch you on or anything that we can be excited to see you in. Yeah, just you can uh, hear me on a Super Bloom podcast. Um, I think we're going to start releasing videos of it pretty soon on a YouTube page once I figure out how to make a YouTube page. Um, <laughs> but uh, other I have than my that, struggles too, don't worry. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out. Right. Um, but other than that, yeah, just um, th- that's that's it at the moment until until the next uh, curveball gets thrown my way. And uh, and then we'll see. We'll see what that ends up being. All right. That's super exciting, guys. Be sure to go check out Super Bloom uh, on all streaming platforms. We're super excited to hear Candice and all the things that she's been doing and how her Super Bloom has been going. Thank you so much, Candice, for being on the show. We are so happy to have you on. If you come to Seoul, please be sure to hit me up. I would love to show you around. That would be amazing. That would be I, I, I'm still like I think about I went and got a facial like a, pr- a proper like two hour Oh, I love like, those. oh, my gosh. So I'm like, just for that alone, I need to make the flight just to so and we'll go to the spa and we'll hang out. We will. Done and done. So that was Candace King. I'm so grateful to have had her on the podcast and also for being able to hear about all the great things that she's been doing, including her new podcast, Super Bloom, which everyone you guys should go check out if you're in the podcast scene. I know I will be checking it out. I did not know that a Super Bloom was real in terms of I think that's so interesting that that can even happen in nature and that it's so reflective of uh, life in general where it is you need a really heavy rain sometimes to change things and whether that's metaphorical or literal you know to cleanse or whatever it is it's the flood with Noah's Ark whatever it may be and um, I feel that um, seeing Candace really go through all of the things that she's been through and just be able to come out on the other side and be able to continue to talk and be such a hopeful light to the people around her and people who listen to her and want to hear about her journey and just about other things that she has going on. I feel that it'd be a great thing for us to learn from as well. So guys, be sure to go check out Super Bloom. And talking about a Super Bloom in our lives, I think is something that's really interesting as well. Let me know if you guys have had any Super Blooms in your life recently over on social medias and on other places. I'd love to hear about your stories and what you guys have been up to. A recent super bloom I would say that I had for myself was I really went through and am still going through this whole little kind of process where I love writing music and I still love music. It's always been my main thing for the 21 years of my life that I've lived. And I'm almost 22 now and coming to a full circle about the sense where I know that I want to continue doing music, but I'm not really sure right now if music wants to continue being with me, where I've been trying to write songs and it hasn't been coming out recently. And it's been really frustrating. I feel as though I'm kind of in a slump. And I went through this whole thing where I wasn't even sure if I should keep doing music or 
if music was even something that I was good at or I know that I have to some extent talent in terms of songwriting and singing and all these other things that I've done but it's just the fact that there are so many people out there that are so great at it as well where I'm kind of going what does the world need me like what does it need me for to be honest but I have to come to a thing where right now it's just my heavy rain and it's just my little moment of um just kind of having a downtime before I have my super bloom hopefully and just having that hope and that faith that something bigger is on its way and coming but for now it is a bit of a rough patch where I'm not really sure what I'm doing and that is what it is it's the honesty that we have here on amateur hour that you know we don't know what we're doing sometimes and we don't have it all figured out but we can certainly try like we always say and God knows that I am trying right now. So if you guys are going through anything right now, then just know that you're not alone. And we're all a little lost sometimes. I know I'm super lost in terms of my career and what I want to do. And I wanted to be really honest about it here on Amateur Hour because I'm a person that likes to pretend that she has it all together majority of the time, which I think we all do. I think we're not, I think people, majority of people don't always tend to go out of their way to say, hey, I'm having a hard time right now and I'm struggling where that's kind of also the whole concept of social media where it's just showing the best parts of yourself and showing your highlights of your life where it's difficult to be real. And I know there's a new app called Be Real as well, which I know nothing about, but it's it's interesting because I feel as though being on social media, which I've been taking a break from recently, especially since I've been sick is the fact that I wanted to be able to be a light and a shining force and someone that people can look to to brighten up their day. But it's really hard to continue to do that whenever I'm not having such a great time myself. But I want to be able to be really honest with you guys. And I found that a lot of you guys find it easier to go through what you're going through whenever you realize and feel that you're not alone. And that's something that I feel as well, talking to the people around me, whether it's friends, mentors, and just knowing that I'm not going through this by myself. And I'm not the first person to go through this. And I'm not the last person to go through it either. So just know that you're not alone. And hopefully that that might encourage you a little bit to know that I'm also just as lost as you are. And not really sure what I'm doing with my life. I know that I'm going to college um, by next year. And that's something that's really daunting me as well, where I'm not even sure if I've, I haven't been a student in so long. So I don't know if I have the mental capacity to go in and study. And it's scary starting out in a new environment again. And one thing that I really realized that I really crave and yearn for these days is something stable in terms of wanting to be able to settle down somewhere. I've moved three times over the past six months since I've been in Korea. And I'm moving again because the apartment that I have right now is too small for me in Maple. And it's been stressing me out. So I'm moving again. And there's nothing I want more than to be able to just settle down in one place and have a place, like I have a house that I can call home and have a place where I can come home to and have furniture and not worry about having to sell it in a few months. And knowing that I have to pick up and move again next year when I go to college is something that is really stressful to me. But I feel like it's a good choice because 
knowledge is power for me, at least. I feel that I feel really good when I'm educated. And I don't want to walk into a room saying, like, oh, I kind of want this kind of thing, but I don't really know what it is. When it comes to something that I'm passionate about, I want to be able to walk into a room and know exactly what I want and exactly how to explain it. So when it comes to music, I want to be able to show that side of myself. And I feel that school is the best way to be able to do it, especially since I'm going to be majoring in music studies. So that's something that I've been really pondering over these days. If you guys have anything that you guys have been talking about to other people around you or you've been thinking about or stewing about on your own, be sure to hit us up on social medias and we can talk about it more here on the Amateur Hour podcast so we can all just have our little honesty hour here together. The Amateur Hour podcast is actually now we are over halfway through our season, which is crazy to me because this is a project that I have been working on for over a year with um, so many great, amazing people. And it's been a crazy ride where we've had such a diverse pool of guests and people that I've been able to interview and also whether it comes to solo episodes or people around me, whether they're friends or people I've never met before. We've had so many amazing guests and special speakers on this show, and we have many more to come, actually, before the season ends, so be sure to stay tuned. And if it's your first time listening to our recent episodes, be sure to check us out from the very beginning. We had a lot of amazing guests like Junie, Daisy, um, we had Matt King, we had Candice today, and we just had so many amazing people on that I think anyone could listen to and just really dive in and get to know more about these people and know more about me as well. I think that I was really happy to be able to not only meet so many just astonishing people in terms of what they've achieved and all the things that they've grown in, but getting to know them as people and really dive deep into what it is that they do and what their amateur hours like whenever they go through their times where they don't really know what they're doing either, whether it's now, whether it was before. I feel that it's really good of time for us to really sit back and listen to each other as people, one part to another, and then just get to really know more about what it is that drives us and makes us want to feel like we have it figured out. And we all have our different reasons. And hopefully this can encourage you to be able to find out what your passion is as well. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed listening. I'm afraid it's time to go. Amateur Hour with Denise Kim is a production of DK Entertainment, LLC, produced by Diane Kang, Melissa D. Montz, and Diamond M. Print Productions. Post-production sound by Chris Henry, an advertisement partnership with Acast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.